All right, one more time, Just Being Brothers. I'm Little Brother Steve. Hey, this is Just Being Brother. I'm Big Brother Mike. And we are Just Being Brothers. We Just Being Brothers, and I'm teasing him because he broke his glasses. <laughs> yeah. This is a finally got a chance to tease my little brother. He broke his glasses. That's exactly why we didn't do video, and now you're just making the podcast into a video podcast. No, I don't want to get dressed up. Oh. See, we do video, okay. we got to get dressed up. Man, oh man. Hey, new man. topic, new topic. Man, this is one that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Just couldn't seem to get this show on. But we were kids, man. In fact, let's go back. Go back. Not too far. A little bit. Last week, that part. Did you notice the number of African-American people getting Emmys? That's the award. That's the Academy Award for television. They told me the words. Getting Emmys on these shows. And I don't watch them as much, but I did notice. Did you notice that at all? I did notice that. And on top of it, I'm going to say I was watching a program on TV called America in Color. And what they did was somehow they took all the old black and white footage of, uh, of, of all the history of the United States. They okay. had the Ford. They had uh, Firestone. They had uh, Edison. They were all... In black and white, they put it all in color some kind of way. It looks fantastic. But anyway, the reason I bring that up is because they had the Emmys with the first black woman who ever won the Emmy for Gone with the Wind. Oh, that was Academy Award. Okay, oh, that's Academy Award? Yeah. Right. Okay. What's, yeah. Okay. Emmy, Emmy is TV. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Emmy is TV. Academy okay. Award is, is a movies. Okay. Academy Grammy, Award, yeah. Grammys is a music, gramophone, and, uh, and stage is Tony. Tony's. Tony went in the EGOT. When someone, somebody, they say someone's yeah. got an EGOT. Yeah, what is that? The EGOT is Whoopi Goldberg, Rita Moreno, and I believe, believe it or not, uh, Chelsea Clinton. Uh, EGOT means you have an um, Emmy, Grammy, Academy Award, and Tony, E-G-A-T. Oh, my God. Uh, not too many have the, you know, to be able to be yeah. on top of your game in f- all four of the basic entertainment media. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know uh, the lovely Rita Moreno has it. And oh, Whoopi, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Whoopi has it. But the reason I brought that up, Steve, is because, man, let me tell you, I am noticing uh, that. But I go back, and as I put my age on the time that there was nobody on television of color, nobody except for two cats, Amos and Andy. One show. Amos, Amos and Andy. And this show was uh, one of the— one of the Tim Moore. Tim Moore was the— um, and Spencer Williams. Spencer Williams. That was Kingfish and and uh, Andy. Andy. And uh, Amos was played by Alvin Children. But let me give you an origin of the show uh, for those who don't know. This show in 1928, okay, was put together by two uh, actors, both from the South. They met, in, they met in Durham, moved to Chicago trying to put themselves, you know, make themselves actors, do what you have to do. And they came up with a little thing they originally called Sam and Henry. And what basically it was, was they began to do character, caricature voices, stereotypical voices of African-American people that they knew from their times in the South. Okay. Uh, then they began to call the show, uh, once it became uh, syndicated and on a big station, they began to call the show Amos and Andy. The show ran nightly. Nightly, every single night, at least Monday through Friday, from 1928 to 1943. Nightly, starting in the Roaring Twenties, went on through the Great Depression, and ended up in the beginning of World War II. That was that was the origin of Amos and Andy. And uh, the show started out, like I said, as the two Mitchells. 
They went to Chicago in 1925, but in 28, when WMAQ in Chicago took it, that's when they changed the name. Uh, they had a contract with something called the Victor Talking Machines, which today, which went on to become RCA Victor, and now it's just RCA. Uh, and they actually thought the show was going to not be that big. That's why they were like, man, I'm glad we're using dialects because no one ever knows if it flops. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, it didn't flop. Um, the characters, and you just mentioned mentioned a couple. Uh, Amos Jones, taxi cab stand and uh, owner. Businessman. Narrators, uh, as you pointed out, uh, Steve. And um, the voice of reason. The okay. voice of reason. The guy that kept everybody from doing just more crazy stuff. There was Andrew Hogg Brown, who was Andy. Easygoing, gullible, kind of an unread country boy uh, who loved the gals. He mm-hmm. always had women. Uh, George Kingfish Stevens, who wasn't on the radio, they brought him in uh, to round this out um, uh, later on, but well, it wasn't on the original radio, was kind of a hustler, okay? He had minimal scruples, and uh, mainly Andy was the one that he hustled. He scouted him with scheme after scheme. He was also president of their lodge hall, which was called the Mystic Knights. Of the Sea Lodge, and one character that you leave that you leaving out, who I thought uh, was very comical, was the lawyer John Dotson. This is this is your Al, that's Algonquin J. Calhoun. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. His, his stage name, his TV name was John. His real name was John Dotson. His John, TV name was Calhoun. John Dotson, right? His TV yeah. name was Algonquin J. Calhoun. Yeah, who was the a lawyer. lawyer. Yes, and then the lawyer. other male character was a guy named Nick Stewart. Nick Stewart. He went yes. by the name Nick Odemus. Uh, Nick Odemus. And he was lightning. He was yeah. lightning. Uh, Slow moving, stepping, fetched type character, who sort of worked at the lodge hall. Did we round that out with uh, Mama? I mean, sorry, with Sapphire Stevens with two piece. Uh, she's John George's long suffering wife, uh, who was ambitious and eager to go up the social ladder. Always wanted to do things. And then there was her mother who lived with them, which happened a lot in black households. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And they just called her mama. She was Sapphire's acerbic, overbearing mother-in-law who never hesitated to remind George of his many shortcomings. Oh my gosh. And they did this for. I think that's happening still to this day. Uh, it's just one of those things. They, they did it for a long time. Okay. One time they had thir- over 3,000 shows. Okay. Over 3,000. If I can bring, <coughs> bring it to you just how it broke down. Uh, from 1928 uh, to 1943, they did um, 3,900 shows, give or take. Then they went weekly for 12 years, another 624 shows out there. You're doing the math. Then they went for something called a DJ show once a week, 312 broadcasts. Then they were on CBS for two years, 104 broadcasts. And I don't know how many broadcasts they did in syndication from 1953 to 1966. But I guesstimated that in uh, those 38 years they were on 8,840 times, okay, through seven presidents, Hoover, FDR, Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, and LBJ. This was a show that um, America loved. Yeah. But it didn't last. The ending wasn't, I guess, the uh, ending made you think on a great show like this. Well, you know, the reason it didn't last, uh, unfortunately, is because uh, black people, AKK, AKK, AKA, <laughs> easy for you AKA, to say. AKA, also known as African Americans, right. AA, thought that the characters they were portraying was degrading mm-hmm. to black individuals. So they went to the NDC AA, protested, mm-hmm. and they canceled the show. 
But not only did they cancel the show, they canceled the livelihood and the lives and the jobs of black actors who were happily loved the show, went to work every day, did a, a tremendous job Absolutely. Uh, and portraying those characters. Those characters you, you, know. you just mentioned, Tim Moore was a, had been in long a long time. In long America. time stage okay. performer, yes. Spencer Williams was a film major, I think, at UCLA, working on his master's up until World War One, where he served. Mm-hmm. Okay, Alvin Childress, a regular uh, actor who'd been around, knocking around in Hollywood. Uh, Amanda Randolph, uh, Mama, who her sister Lillian Randolph, she, they were both actresses, mm-hmm. and they uh, heard that sister Lillian was on Make Room for Daddy. Another, uh, and of course, she played a maid, of course, uh, in, in the 50s and 60s. And then um, Ernestine Wade, uh, who was a sapphire, was a singer and organist. All talented people mm-hmm. in their own. But yet, as Steve said, they found themselves out of a job. Now, they were protested first in the earliest 1930s, okay, when the Pittsburgh Courier uh, led a protest of churches um, uh, around the around the Pennsylvania area and around Pittsburgh and they attempted to spread that out, but a lot of churches, a lot of uh, radio stations were like, nah, we don't think we want to protest. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons were, Steve, is, is this was the only place people could uh, even hear themselves mm-hmm. on the radio. Okay? And so uh, that protest fell flat on its face. Right. Okay? Um, it, it, people realized, hey, this is something that we have on television. And uh, at that time, the protest fell on its face. Yeah, and and, and when I... Talk to people about Amos and Annie, those who saw it or remember it. Uh-huh. They all loved it. Thank they you. all loved that show. Everybody loved that show. I can't find anybody, and I'm going to say our age group, who did not like it. We now, were over 50. Now, there may be some individuals walking around now who say negative things about the show, but they haven't lived long enough to know any better. you know. But Amos and Annie was a hit. Uh, it was syndicated and ran for seven more years after it was canceled. So they kind of got what they wanted. They stopped making new shows, but they still kept set, they still kept showing the show. For a little while later, and then as yeah. the contracts ran off, they were not renewed, and they went away. And there was no more uh, tele- television programming. Okay, and I think this happened in like '64, '60. So, till three or four more years years later, when Diane Carroll uh, appeared in her show, Julia playing a nurse, and that same year we saw. Clarence Williams III uh, in his role as Lincoln in Mod Squad. Well, but, okay. but then you might be skipping over a couple of variety shows. Well, go ahead. So Nat King Cole had a show. That lasted about like six weeks because they couldn't play it in the South. And but he did have a show. Flip Wilson had a show. That came after. That came after? That came after, yeah. And it somebody, seemed like somebody Red else Fox, had a Red show. Foxy show was right behind him. Red right? Fox show was Red, right behind him. Right behind him, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that got him back and going, but... Those these <clears throat> points was well taken. You had actors that were working, and were, they their work stopped. But let me tell you what I also found out. Talking to a, a college friend of mine, um, uh, when I talk about old people don't sleep, I text this guy in the middle of the night. Figured he'd get it in the morning. He texts me back. I'm like, man, you still up? He said, yeah. We started talking. I told him about my Amos and Andy show in the podcast. He said, Mike, I was just looking at some of those, and I didn't realize how good. What those shows uh, did. They had good point. Number one, other than those five or six characters that we, Steve and I just let, read to you, Mama and Lightning and all, and everybody else was well-spoken, articulate, employed, okay? 
nonviolent, married, all of those things. White people were there because they were in the show, not because they were the villain. Okay. The hustling that Kingfish did was he hustled his own people. Harlem was clean as a whistle. And if you ever saw the outside shots when they were outside on the porch steps, brownstones. Yes. You know, there were white people walking by back and forth in the background. It was just as, you know, wasn't all black people walking. It was black and white people walking back and forth. In the background. You know, white policemen on the corner, you know, white judges in the courtroom. Yeah. And there'd also be black judges in the courtroom. Yeah. It was just people being people. Yes. They just happened to pick out these five people. Now, you look at any show, okay, during that time, there was a show called The Honeymooners with the great Jackie Gleason. And those programs were the same thing. They had a handful of people, Ralph and Alice and Ed and his wife, Trixie, uh, that were basically poor working class white people. One guy uh, uh, who worked in the sewer, Norton, 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 Norton worked in the sewer. And uh, Jackie's kid, Ralph Cremlin, he's a bus driver. All right. And the, everybody, they were clowns. Everybody else around them was logical. Anyway. And everybody, I don't think the only other characters they ever introduced were just the Lodge brothers. Yes. The all, Lodge brothers were the only other characters. Cousin Leroy. That, that they, excuse me, they introduced, you know, four, four or five people ran that show for years. Yep. Those and characters. it was funny. And the show, here's how the show got to television. <clears throat> the show was doing so well um, in... Um, and this sort of goes to uh, what we would call as supremacy, entitlement, and I'm under, as I tell this story. The show was doing so well that um, someone said, hey, we ought to make this a movie. And so in 19, I want to say, and I, and I look at my notes, uh, but there was a movie done. Really? The movie, the movie was called Check and Double Check. I never knew that. Movie called, well, here's why you didn't know. It also had Duke Ellington in it. The reason you didn't know it, Steve, is because it was a flop. What they did was they took Freeman Godson and Charles Carell, the two actors mm-hmm. that had uh, created the show, and put them in blackface in the movie. Okay? I don't know if I have it there. Put them in blackface. Uh, whereupon the audience was like, uh, black and white audience were like, no, nah, that's yeah, not. Uh, no. There you go. That's not working. Basically, the white audiences and the black I'm audiences. I'm going to loop that up and find out who the fool was that put black people in blackface and thought. No, they no, they, they put out. they put the white actors in blackface. Oh, that's even worse. And then put it and then put it into a motion. I mean, I got to find even, out who's, even, what stupidity who came up with that. Well, idea. and it, it was a flop, and someone said, you know, maybe that's the end of the show. I hope said, they lost millions of dollars. They probably did because I'm sure they put a lot into it. But what happened was someone said, "What not so fast before we just bag the show." Um, there's a new medium called television. Let's look into that. And that's when they went and found these fine actors that we just mentioned, Tim Moore, Alvin Childress, uh, Spencer Williams Jr., Amanda Wade, and um, uh, Amanda, and, uh, I'm sorry, Ernest, Ernest Thien Wade, Wade, thank yeah. you, and Amanda Randolph, and put the show together. And even then, uh, Godson and Carell, the original, uh, were out now. Right. They were still making money as creators and so on, so they weren't broke. Um, but they had the noise the nerve, the, the entitlement to go to, I think it was um, Andy Brown and tell him he wasn't playing it right. Okay, here's how, he's going to tell a black man, here's how you play a black man. And that was just it. I think some of it was a jealousy because the show did very well uh, in that time. 
Do you think that it kind of show would so play familiar. today? Uh, no, and let me just, you know, I always just put Steve's business out there. In addition to being a fine uh, teacher, he's also, uh, and we both are actors, like I said. He's a stage guy. I'm a film guy. But today I'm going to ask you, would you think if that kind of movie or that kind of play was created, Steve, it would stand up? If you and I got together, got the rights to this, and put it on stage. Okay, I'll put it in the I'm going to say. 2000, but it did, 22. I think that if you have the right actors, you have the right directors, you have the correct producers, and you took it to New York as an off-Broadway play, in the beginning... It could go because people are going to say, hmm, let's go see right. Amos and Andy. Yeah, and they could get down there. I mean, like, and they may come out with their sides hurting from laughter. And they're going to tell somebody and they're going to come back. Let's, man, you know, they got a new Amos and Andy stage play. Yes, go see it. And it could flow. Or it could be that knee-jerk reaction. I ain't going to see that. It man. could be the knee-jerk reaction. So here's here's what the knee-jerk reaction did. <clears throat> and once again, as actors, you know, we feel badly because actors have to hustle to work. I always tell people the work is getting out there auditioning. <laughs> getting the job, that's the fun part. The yeah. work is knocking on doors, being told no, being called back three times and still not getting the role and going out the next day and audition. But, you know, I would say that the thing that made me, I think, was, that was misplaced in the NAACP, when they came back, like I said, in the 1930s, the Pittsburgh Courier, which at the time was the number one black newspaper in the United States. The Pittsburgh Courier, Chicago Defender, Amsterdam News, Afro-American in D.C. and Baltimore. Pittsburgh was the biggest one. But the NAACP in the 60s put it off. What they needed, Steve, was not to take the show off. What they, what we needed was more shows mm -hmm. for black people. Mm -hmm. Okay? They needed, yeah. That, you know, that would give that you know, some balance. Norman, normally, there'd be a spring off. Offspring, yeah. Offspring. What do you yep. call it? A, a spinoff. Spinoff. A spinoff of Amos and Andy, and Lightning would have his own show. Lightning got his own show. You know, or, or, or Calhoun got his own show. Yep. You know, they just introduce more characters, and they, you know, mix and match, and bring them in and out, and keep on rolling. That's how you got Your the Your boy Jefferson's. Norman. Uh, Norman Lear. Norman Lear made a million doing that. I think people, I think that people would, at then, and maybe even now, would still have this, this defensive Position and that's why I sometimes get and this is probably going to make me not be that love love as I be loved as I say this, but I think sometimes as African American people we got to be careful saying treat us like everybody else. We just want to be treated like everybody else, and then when people do, they don't like it. I'm okay. trying to think. I'm stuck on the Broadway play thing, or just you know. What just about the, TV series? Or even if I'm stuck on there because I'm thinking when we think of black movie makers who they are, would they have the guts? For example, would Spike Lee have the guts to do an Emerson Andy? Would um, uh, Madea, uh, what's his, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, would he have the gall or the guts to do that? Or Only if he, he could play Sapphire. Or, <laughs> or would he push back on I said that? It. I said it. You know, I know Oprah's going to push back on it. You know, I think Oprah would push Oprah would back push, on And Oprah's got yeah. huge sway. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, but I could see, I could see, I could see, uh, 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 
um, Whoopi Goldberg playing Sapphire or something like that. It would be so funny, man. You it, know, would they still have the Would they still have the Malapop? You eyes regusted. Um, no, I think they could almost bring it all the way into the future and just use regular dialogue. Do you think times back then times were a lot simpler? You think times are more difficult now? Radio, TV, time is more different, but I still think. Those characters are amongst us. Oh, yeah. There's always going to be those guys. Yeah, yeah. Those characters are amongst us. Now, if you placed it in a town further south, then you might get pushed back. And then you could could get away with those stereotype characters. Um, It's it's kind of a gray area, you know. It's a gray really area. It shows how far we still have not come. I mean, after a while, can, we, can this, we just laugh? I would ourselves? audition for a character in the show. I I, I would I would too, and I yeah. think it would, the thing that always makes shows that a friend of mine asked me this, and I my aunt she was asked me uh, about a, she saw a movie with an actor, and it was she thought it was terrible. And I said that's because uh, good acting can't save a bad script. That's right. Okay, right. but a good but a good script can make an average actor look very yeah, absolutely good. correct. Script is everything. Script is everything, and possibly back then having blacks, which of course in their mind was out of their mind, but blacks contribute. Okay, I did a show. One of your stage productions. Excuse me. Stage production. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did a show. Uh, it was a it was a uh, festival for new playwrights. And what they did was they selected a certain amount of plays to be produced on stage, and they selected a certain amount of plays to be to just to be stage read. Okay. And then I think it was seven. I think we put on seven shows in four days or something like that. I think we did Friday, Saturday morning, mat- uh, matinee, Saturday night, and then we did uh, Sunday morning and the Sunday matinee, something like that. It might have been. I think that's seven. Um, but anyway, what happened was uh, one of the guys had written a play, and me and a good friend of mine, uh, he got hold of the script, he cast me in it, uh, he cast the show, and what he did was he cast the play, the two leads, black, he himself and I, and everybody else in the show was white. All right, we did this show. The people laughed so hard at this show that, uh, and I'm going to say it was because of me and my partner who was who directed in it and also had the lead in it, were so good in it that at the end of what happens is at the end of the festival, they bring all the playwrights on stage and they critique every show. And they right. got to our show. Mm-hmm. They got to our show. And they were talking about it, and the one guy said it was so funny. We didn't even have a chance to catch our breath from laughing at one incident, you know, when we had to laugh again. They said it was almost too funny of of a play. Bring this back to Amos and Andy. All right. And the result, and and bringing it back to Amos and Andy is, the playwright said to us, he said, I never knew that I could write for black actors. I always thought oh. I could only write for white actors. He said, but after seeing you two guys play those characters, I know now I can write for black actors. Interesting. And we could have had people writing for black actors 
if they had had the life experience that, that, that people have now. Well, look, we can take this and ride this. I just want to add, just like I said, this show, the location, those who watched it, who heard it on radio, heard Amos and Andy, they were living in Chicago. When it came to, this, to, uh, to television, they were living in New York, in Harlem. It was a great show. Did it have drawbacks? Was it maybe the time wrong? Who knows? But I love seeing actors work. And I will tell you that um, no matter what people think, we're still talking about it 50 years after, almost 50 years after it's been taken off the air. We're still talking about it. That's going to be it. Steve, I don't know if we told on that, but this is Just Being Brothers. Just Being Brothers. We didn't give you all the phone number. Tell me to him, Steve. Uh, 937. No, it's not. 513-822-1913. Okay, somebody has to get out of here because they're getting kind of a little bit, getting a little bit. Uh, punch drunk here. They're saying nine three seven two. We're gonna have to see you guys. Five one three eight two two. And if you want to email us, just being brothers. Three. I'm sorry. If you want to email us, just being brothers at yahoo.com. We are wrapping this up. My nephew, who has been sitting still, is freaking out because finally he can jump around, dance to the music. We will see you on our next podcast next time. Hey, what are we doing? On we got a couple one coming up about being bougie. Look out, that's coming. Talk we'll to talk you to y'all later. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye now.